Blog Talk Radio. We can't solve a problem. Or get to a solution. About a problem that we refuse to acknowledge that we have. We don't have to be ashamed that we have a problem. We can't solve a problem. Or get to a solution. Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is National, the National Director of Operations 7. Um, and I'm doing this Did You Know series under the... Okay, I think I got it all now. Okay, so allow me to start over. This is National Director of Operations 7. Under the instruction, direction of Chairman Yanga and Chief of Staff War, uh, I'm, we're doing this Did You Know series. Did You Know series is, is kind of a, a simple way of getting information out to the masses. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, I'd say, we, we've kind of switched up and have a debate form to everything now. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are debating this, debating that, you know, giving their opinions here and there. And um, I remember saying, you know, what what happened to just some good old um, African-American facts? What about just sharing, you know, sometimes, you know, some real basic information but how do we get information out to everybody else? And, um, of course, it, it's a interesting concept. You know, there are people that will be, mm-mm-mm. there are people that will say, you know, there's our, that information already exists, but that's not true. Um, it doesn't already exist, and what we hope to do is not just, put the information out there. Um, I'm hoping that we're putting the information out there and um, also explaining why slash how it's important to each of us. And, And that, to me, of course, is the kicker. To me, that is the most important thing. Why is it important to you? How did it, how did it get important to you? You know, um, I know I started off, of course, with my two favorite women, um, women in history, who is uh, Harriet Tubman, number one, always probably will be number one for me, and then uh, Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune. And when I say probably two of the most different type of women that <laughs> you could get, they are, they are, but that just also kind of leads into who I am as an individual and um, the types of things and people that have been inspirational to my progress and, and really make me bring, um, make me want to really bring uh, activism into 2021. And, and the whole idea of bringing activism into 2021, even that's an interesting concept. Uh, we have evolved to the point 
where if you stick your head in the sand far enough, you can then begin to ignore certain things. Um, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but there are those um, doing it. I have colleagues that do this where they will literally step over the plight of, um, I don't want to say of the average person, but they will, you know what I'm saying? Um, If it's not on their block, they don't really take it as something that they have to worry about, something that impacts them at all. So um, we have a couple of people, African-Americans, African-Americans, Pan-Africans, black, whatever you want to call them. But we have people that are um, really turning their eye away from the African-American struggle slash identity and have chosen to work with um, and to kind of have this, I want to say bourgeois almost, um, attitude about life, about uh, their their role in life, everything. And so um, it is uh, important that we don't do that because I truly believe it is um, a divide and conquer type feel. And I don't care where you are on the divide side. It doesn't say divide and only conquer the lower half. It doesn't say divide and conquer all the, you know, those that listen to this ghetto rap music. It says divide and conquer. That means anybody and everybody is eligible for this conquering. I'm not trying to have that. You know, I, I don't – we have to be very, very careful that we're not setting ourselves up to make some of the mistakes that our ancestors made. And, of course, people will be like, oh, there's no way of going back into slavery. And and, and trust me, I'm going to correct that. Sorry. Um no way I'm going into slavery. We can't even say going back because we were not the ones that wore the chains and the scars of slavery. We are still dealing with some of the negative impact, but we didn't wear the chains, and we have to be real clear about that, okay? And so um, as we're going through this understanding of life, we have to make sure we don't make some mistakes that will lead us in some of the, you know, in, in the places that they were in. Because I can guarantee you they could not have taken all of Africa. You know, I, there was a point where they decided we're just going to take this piece. We're just going to pull these. And so I know for a fact that separating and allowing ourselves to be divided, you know, our pie is already too small in my opinion. We are already limited by what we can do. So, um, yeah, we have to be real, real um, careful for uh, how we're going to allow others to tell our story, to remember our story, and everything else like that. One thing I'm going to say, and this is my last little, I'm going to get off my soapbox, I'm going to get into the facts, because a lot of this series is about facts. You got to write, got to get your facts in. You know, we do a lot of opinion. My thoughts on this, my thoughts on this person's work, my thoughts on that person. No, no. You got to get to some facts. One thing I'm going to say to my people out here, okay, please, please, please buy books, 
when you buy a book, and I, I'm not saying you got to have a bookshelf, you know, like mine. I'm not even saying you got to read all the books. But when you have a book, it is frozen in time. It cannot be undone. You have to have a book, okay? Um, the reason why I say you need a book and not a Kindle and not online and not this paper or that paper, that's because books, once printed, can't be changed. If it's changed, then it's another edition. Let me tell you something. They're doing it every day. They are what they what you call whitewashing our history. I have seen books on um, slaves looking like uh, poorly kept butlers. They they were not butlers. They were slaves. You know, I've seen you know we we've seen uh, books and movies of slaves walking around. Um, looking like regular citizens, and no, they were not. How about this? They did not clothe slaves. They didn't see the purpose of it. I've I've listened to one uh, disgusting interview where the man said, you wouldn't put a vest on a donkey, would you? Why would you expect me to clothe a slave in uh, a way that you would clothe a man. So truly, in this ignorant person's mind, this slave, this descendant of Africa, this human, whole human, he had equated to a donkey and questioned, would I treat a donkey like that? Would you put clothes on a donkey? And I was like, it, it was... It was mind-boggling to me. So before they change their ways, before they change, you know, some of the wickedness, before they take some of the bite out of um, chattel slavery, we need to kind of document it, and, and not just for ourselves, because that's what this Did You Know series has turned into. It's turned into an opportunity for each of the People's Black Panther um, individuals, members, to go and to say, hey, uh, let me research this. I'd love to speak about this person. I want to present them properly. So we have a lot of research going on. I love it. This is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. You got to study your people. Stop letting them tell you what Malcolm said. Stop letting them tell you what Martin said. You go listen to the speech for yourself. Read the speech for yourself. And when you're doing this research, I promise you I'm going to get off this thing. When you're doing the research, make sure you are um, being aware of the time stamp, okay? This was uh, Malcolm before Mecca. This was the Martin um, dealing with the Vietnam War. You know, make sure you understand not just who you're speaking to, but make sure you're also understanding the time frame that this person was going through. Very, very important, okay? So don't get me on talking about that. Don't get me on talking about research. and You know, um, I think so highly of my people. 
But I think we fall short in some areas that we are really genius in, you know, considering where we have come from, um, the inventors we have, the the creatives that we have. I mean, we are amazing, but we don't spend, we don't spend enough time and energy fully developing what we need to develop. We don't spend the time and energy um, <laughs> protecting our rights. Okay, uh, crazy story. We're, we're, tonight we're going to be talking about Alice Haley, who is a um, incredible author, um, incredible everything. I want to go into that. Um, I have written many books. This latest book, I wanted to put my picture on. This, when I tried to put my picture on the book, it was rejected by the publisher, saying something was wrong with the content, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with the content. Um, I changed this, I switched this, I moved this. I, nope, nope, rejection, rejection, rejection. I took my black face off of the cover. And it was approved. I was like, look at this. And so I'm like, okay, I know what I have to do now. (laughs) I have to start a publishing company. I have to be able to say what gets published of mine and what doesn't. I have to be able to put it out there in a format that I think it needs to go out in. And so, you know, there there comes a point when you realize what you got to do and how you have to do it. Right? So um, <laughs> when I was doing my research on Alex Haley, I know I knew of Alex Haley. I didn't really know his story, and that's what I wanted to try to capture. I'm like, who who was he as a person, you know? And um, so I went to a couple of places to do my research, and um, they showed me uh, Alexander Palmer Haley. That's his name, right? And then it goes into, he was an American writer. And I was like, it was an American writer? I swore he was an African-American writer. See, this is what I'm talking about, family, how they will whitewash our history. Now, anybody else, if you didn't, if you don't win awards, if you don't win prizes, if you, if you don't win, then you get to be African American, you know. But there comes a point where, after so many awards, that they take the African part off, and you just get to be American. But guess what? I promise you, if this man was living, he wouldn't just be American. The color of his skin wouldn't allow him to be American. But because he is accomplished, what they do is they pull him out of our general. You know, we are African American. I can't call myself an American. They look at me like I was crazy, nor do I want to. But it, they would not acknowledge my African, they would not acknowledge my American without stating I am an African American. I'm a special kind of American, unless you are accomplished. So here they have taken this great author, um, writer, you know, all of this, and um, 
Now he's just American. I was like, oh, okay. This is why we have to document our story. This is why we have to tell our children this. Without, you know, in the storybooks, they get lighter and lighter to the point where we won't, unless you know, you won't know. I know um, the the latest young female tennis star, when she first started, when she first went against Serena, they had her um, her skin tone, all of her pictures, she was very dark, um, darker than Serena. And when she won, when she first beat Serena, they lightened up all of her pictures, every single picture. And now she looks more, if you're just looking at, you know, a colored picture of her, she looks way more Asian than she does Haitian. And it's not true. This girl is like a black woman, you know what I'm saying? But when she started winning, that's when uh, we started doing all the lightning and the photoshopping and all of that. So just, you know, we have to be very aware. This is why we have to document. This is why we have to, before they get their hands on it, before they spin it, we have to go ahead and document it. Okay, Alex Haley. Alex Haley was born in 1921. And um, mother, father, siblings um, in, I believe this is, Uh, New York. So, um, Alice Haley's father uh, was an educated man. Went to, I believe that is Alabama A and M, um, and taught at the university. So, um, Alice Haley himself, afterwards, when as growing up at a very young age. He also went to, uh, I think it was Alcorn. Yeah. He went to Alcorn State University, um, one of the historic HBCUs in Mississippi. Let me tell you, everybody knows how I feel about my HBCUs. When we uh, did the program on um, Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, we spoke a lot, not just on Mary McLeod Bethune, but on her legacy and the legacies of HBCUs and what HBCUs have done for our children, you know, and everything else like that. So what happened is uh, he became, um, he went to school at 15 at a young age in um, North Carolina A&T. Um, and that didn't last. <laughs> he went for a couple of years. And this is young. It's, it's imagine, um, I'm, I'm having a hard time even imagining him going to college at 15. And because um, I have a 15-year-old, and he's nowhere near ready for college. But um, so what happened is when he turned 18, they signed him up for um, the Coast Guard. And so uh, – he went to the Coast Guard for 20 years. Um, 
he did interviews, he did writing and everything else like that. And I, I know you're like everything else like that. Yeah. Um, I, I need to tell you what he did and and why he's so important to me. Okay. Now I need everybody to also remember, you know, I'm, I'm about 50. I'm about 50. Alex Haley, uh, Alex Haley, uh, Alex Haley did two major pieces of work that helped to shape my brain and helped to connect a lot of dots for for myself. Um, of course, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, our chairman did a Did You Know on Malcolm X. Um, I'm going to say maybe a month ago. If you want to check out any of the old programs, all you have to do is go to the People's Black Panther Party Radio. Um, you should be able to scroll down and see the different shows. Also, I think you can go to Blog Talk Radio, go into the website, and that will be able to in, in Google Panther, uh, the People's Black Panther Party Radio, and you'll did you know, and you'll be able to see all the did you know programs. Okay, so. The autobiography of Malcolm X is um, almost a Bible of black revolution. It is a, you know, he's called the Prince of uh, Revolution. He completely uh, changed the game in such a very unapologetic way. This was a first. Um, There is not a community activist, program, not an African-American community activist program that exists now that is not based off of some point, some level of um, Marcus Garvey or Malcolm X, okay? And Alex Haley brought that to life. He gave us the information. He, He, you know, to know of, to hear the speeches, to understand the energy of it, that's amazing. But when it's brought to life, you know, I don't, I didn't get a chance to live in that time. So I need someone to bring it to life. I need someone to translate it for me. And that's exactly what he did. And, and it was amazing and it was empowering and it was, tragic, it, it, you know, it was all of the things that it was in real life. And so he he made that possible by bringing us the information. But what I know of Alex Haley, the thing that when you say his name, I, I get goosebumps, <laughs> even to this day, I, I get goosebumps, and they're goosebumps of... Um, Joy, pain, sorrow, um, cringing. I mean, it is a it is a hard it's a hard feeling because um, Alex Haley brought roots to me, and I remember um, roots is a it's called roots, the saga of an American family, and what it is a story of is is following. Um, a family line, you know, from Africa into through slavery. Okay, I um, I remember being a young girl, young young, but 
10. I'm not sure. Um, But I remember being young and watching this movie and, you know, tears streaming down my face and but still not able to look away. It was a hard movie. It's hard to watch. It's hard to think about. You know, it. Um, this was what forty, thirty-five, forty years ago. Saying the name Toby still makes me like, ooh, oh. I I know that name went out of style after that movie, after that show, because I don't know how you could bring yourself to even say it like that. There are some movies and that are so impactful that they completely change what happened, what what you thought. Um, this was the first time and probably one of the few times that we had a visual of Africa and of slavery told from an African-American perspective. This was told in such a raw, raw way um, that it definitely, I would say, stained me. You know, a stain is something that's in there and then getting up. That's what it did. And coming up in my household, you know, I had I had the, the pleasure of having exposure to spirituality. Um, my mother is uh, had, has had two art galleries, and so in her life, she's had. Um, I have been around African art, which you know, and she likes primitive Af- African art. You know, this is not the new age. You know. Africa and Africans are so diverse, it's, it's incredible. But primitive speaks to a point, a time and point, that she was collecting this information, right? And so um, so I grew up with these images around me, images of people that looked like me but may have had um, bone in their ear, may have had the the tribal markings, may have had, you know, there was always something different about them that made me understand that they were from a different place, right? So all that's wonderful. But what, so I, I grew up knowing there was another place of people like me, but they were over there. That's what I knew. But I did not know the the drama and trauma. You know, I, they of course you learn or they they brought us in the slave ship. But to actually see a visual representation of that middle passage where you are putting these people uh, like cattle, you know, on these ships. And transporting them in the most barbaric, horrific, and um, space-efficient way that you can imagine. Okay? The visuals from Roots, the the movie is so rough, I have not shown my children. (laughs) And I know part of me is like, they need to know, they need to see. But the other half of me is like, I don't know if I want them to carry things in them. 
to know of slavery and to know of the harsh conditions is one thing. But to see it and to live in it is another. And that's what Alex Haley did. He, we lived it. We were there. This was not, you know, this, this was as real as it got. With no holds bar, um, it made me. Uh, it, it is the movie Roots is one of the reasons that I um, I am a black nationalist. Now, by default, I'm also a Pan African. We don't have to. De- we don't have to debate that. We can, but we don't have to. But this is one of Roots is the reason why I am a black nationalist because I saw the sacrifice that my people went through. I saw the intentional struggle to become human, to become whole, to have these moments. I saw it with my eyes because this man wrote the story. He documented it. Now, there are questions of how much of his documentation is accurate you know, did it follow a particular family, a particular person? Was there time? So there have been those that have actually gone back and done the research behind Roots and found out exactly what happened and everything. Okay, that's wonderful. You may do that. But when I say the rawness of Roots and how necessary it was, it was necessary and, and, you know, I have my little one here, and we have our black history facts. He listens to all the did you know. You know, he's very um, he's very involved slash here in the middle of what we're doing um, as educators, as leaders, as Panthers. And so when is it going to be his turn to actually have to see what it was, not the depiction now, not what they want you to believe now, okay? So this this particular show here, and then and I don't want you to think I'm equating this to a, um, a fantasy movie, but this Roots made me proud to be African-American. But I had really had to disconnect African ancestors. Okay. This is the beginning to where Black Panther, and I know Black Panther is a very fictional movie, um, without the superhero aspect. This is where, this, this is the next point. You know, Black Panther is the next point or a couple points down the line of where Roots started, that documentation. Okay? So is is that important? It documented a point of view, and it showed all of the unfortunate cruelties, but also it, it showed um, the need for the education. I can promise you, if to me, you know how they have sex education in school? This needs to be one of the, the school requirements for African-American children. I know. It's so rough. 
and I hate that they have to have this in them. But the problem is really they already carry the stain of slavery as long as we're in a system that does not recognize the greatness within them. They are already carrying this stain. So I have to move past my own self and educate them fully because I need them to know how and why people look at them the way they do. I need I need my youngest to know why grown people are intimidated by his 15-year-old self. He's only 15. But I need to let them know why so that they can begin to understand who they truly are. Okay, so Roots started off as a book in and actually, the autobiography of uh, Malcolm X was two years before Roots. And as my, I guess you want to call it a tithe, as, as my gift, as my intentional, deliberate education to the next generation of black men, I bought um, three books. I bought uh, three sets of um, books for to give, and I did give. I, I, I gave away two of them. I got to give away another one. But intentional gifts so that I can begin to have young African Americans educate their mind. I need you to go read. I need you to understand there's more to you than you thought. I need you to go understand not just, you know, there's more to you than you thought. I need you to understand why they feel the way that they do about you, okay? And so the two books I bought was, one was The Assassination of Fred Hampton, and the other book that I bought was The Autobiography of Malcolm X, as told by Alex Haley. Three sets. I've given out two of them, okay? And, and this is my... You know, and the reason why, of course, we have to do the books, don't let them keep changing your words. They changed the Bible, y'all. I'm not even trying to be funny. If they will change the Bible, if they will change the alleged word of God, okay, <laughs> they'll definitely change your little history, okay? So this is why we have to make sure to get the books. Get the books. And... Get the books and put them in some young people's hands. Okay? I got a whole library. When I buy books, I usually buy two at a time because I know I'm going to meet someone who I need to give this book to. Even after I meet them, I want to still have a book left over. You know, I almost feel like I have a library. I, You know, someone will come to my house, oh, yeah, you gave me this book two years ago. And I'm like, dang, two years? And the second I get my book back, um, somebody else needs it. So I have a, a low-key library going on where everybody can come. Just come get a book and bring it back eventually because the second you bring it back, somebody else is going to need it, right? So, um, but that's how, like I said, this is how much I believe in this piece of work, all right? So Roots, um, it started off as a book. And ABC picked it up and turned it into um, a mini series. Okay, and uh, the the book was has been published in thirty seven languages. He won a Pulitzer Prize for the work, and um, 
the miniseries is what I remember. And right after this, you know, and it's crazy, I hate that I have this in my memory bank, but I do. Um, Budweiser, which is a beer, okay, y'all? But Budweiser did a, um, the Budweiser, I think it's called the Budweiser Salute to the Kings and Queens of Africa. And so um, at that point, it became okay to talk about blackness. It became okay to talk about Africa. You know, at that point, we were talking about, um, we were open, um, we were open to acknowledging that black people did come from kings and queens and, and, and who they were. And I remember, I remember having all of these beautiful pictures because the pictures, they were like posters in my room. I mean, I remember being young and I remember all the posters had um, this little rectangle cut out of the bottom of it. And I was like, oh, wow, why <laughs> why is this rectangle cut out of the bottom of it? Because that's where Budweiser had their stamps, and that's where my mother was cutting, <laughs> cut the Budweiser logo out of the poster, okay? But this was life for us. We learned very young that we came from something very powerful, that we were very, very strong in in very strong people, very strong um, very strong backgrounds. And so, um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm looking at it now. I'm I'm looking at some of the posters now, and like I said, they did not spare it. They, you know, all of uh, my black people had their big, beautiful noses. Um, they had their nice, full lips. They had, they were allowed to have their dark skin. So, um, yeah, there was a time and place. So not only did Alex Haley bring in a lot of this positivity, but he made it cool to continue um, to continue the legacy of that. It, you know, it's only recently that they started back with the the tearing down of um, the of tearing down of black people and projecting these very negative images and everything else like that. But you know, if you Google Budweiser Kings and Queens of Africa, you will be able to see that um, a beer company spared no expense and had no problem acknowledging who we were and what we were doing. Now, I'm sure a lot of it, I'm sure they were trying to sell beer as well. I'm not going to lie. You know, we know that. But um, what I'm trying to tell, uh, what I'm trying to explain, what I want people to understand is the documentation aspect. You know, these existed, you know, I haven't seen any companies really, you know, lately make such broad statements and really be there 100%. You know, what they do now for the what they do now for the LGBTQ community, they used to do for the African American community. They would come forward, they would um allow and leave space for us to be that they would promote um, positive images. They would 
they would come and ask us for information and ask us for, you know, consulting. You know, how do you feel about this? What is this? What is that? But not anymore, okay? Now it's about dollars only, only, only. So um, I'm not sure if I had mentioned all the different awards that he won. I know I mentioned the Pulitzer, but then the miniseries, um, and then Roots, The Next Generation, which is a, which was a continuation of the story. And I don't remember of that being very big. Um, I, re, I don't remember that getting all of the air, but I remember Roots, The Saga of American Family, almost putting uh, people in shock, putting people in shock on how incredible it was and how all, all that it worked on. Okay, the awards. All right, in 1977, Haley received the Spingham Medal from the NAACP for his exhaustive research and literary, literary skill combined in roots. Yeah. In 1977, Haley received the Golden Plate Award from the American Academy of Achievement. The U.S. Coast Guard gave so many different awards. In, in 2002, after he had transitioned, the Republic of Korea awarded Haley his Korean War Service Medal, which the United States government did not allow its service members to accept until 1999. And I, I would love to ask, um, how many of their African American service members were allowed to receive that? Okay. Um, his his work, the works that were documented um, in order, the autobiography of Malcolm X, and, and that is that came up when we were speaking about Malcolm X and how re- how real that was and how much information we got. That's 1965, okay? It says Superfly TNT, 1973. Roots, the saga of an American family, 1976. (laughs) Alex Haley tells the story of his search for Roots, 1977. Um, a Different Kind of Christmas, 1988. Alex Haley's Queen, The Story of an American Family, 1992. Never Turn Back, Father Tierra's Mission, Story of America, 1993. And then Mama Flora's Family, 1998. Okay. So, again, vast, you know, each one of these sagas, Roots itself was its own energy. <laughs> it was its own everything. Um, and so the, the autobiography of Malcolm X, which he comprised through a series of um, long interviews with Malcolm X, that right there, 
you know, he, I don't buy other Malcolm X books. When I bought Malcolm X book, I needed it to be from Alex Haley because I needed to know that that interpretation, I want his narrative. I want to understand what he saw with his eyes, what he wanted to focus on. And so, you know, when um, when we have a Arthur or when we have like a director, they are telling us the story. It's not just us reading the story and, and understanding. They are telling us our, the story. And um, that's what he did. And that's why he's so important to me. You know, he's so important to me because he brought in, he brought Africa into my brain, into my visual. I already had a sense. I'd already seen many things, heard many things. My mother being um, an old Garveyite and being a very active part of the UNIA and um, a Panther herself, I already had a very strong foundation and basis as to what black nationalism is. Black nationalism is. At, at zero age, I learned young, young, right? But to see it with your eyes is a completely different story. You know, I re, I grew up with LeVar Burton, you know what I'm saying? And LeVar Burton is uh, one of the actors in Roots. Um, and he went on to have a, an extremely full career, but I will always see him as uh, Kunta Kinte. He will always be Kunta. Growing up, I, <laughs> growing up, I was teased. I tell people being uh, brown skin and nappy headed just got in style. This ain't been cute for a long time. And um, you know, I will always remember. You know, being teased for being, um, and they they would call me all kinds of names, but one of the names they would call me was Kunta. That was one of the names, and I was like, I, I don't think that's a bad name. You know what I mean? You're saying something about me that I don't know how negative that is. You're saying it, you're trying to slur it at me and everything, but only your that only shows your ignorance. That only shows your ignorance. So, and growing up, I got to see lots of ignorance. But, um, you know, we have to understand this story so we can begin to understand, you know, the legacy of that was being left, the legacy and the information as it's being shared, and not just the um, the negative spin that people want to put on it, you know. They will put negativity on anything you allow them to, you know, just, you know, and kids are kids. You're always too short, too tall, too not need, too straight need. <laughs> you talk too proper, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, there's always somebody to remind you how silly you are while you're doing it. That doesn't mean anything, neither here nor there. But um, what it is is an opportunity, though, to set the record straight. What Roots is is an opportunity for us to really begin to understand the accomplishments that our ancestors made. This is why I will not ignore being African-American. I can't just associate myself as an African without understanding the very harsh realities 
that my ancestors went through to get me here. And in order to do that, you have got to be honest about what it took to get you here and what we're going to do about it now. We have to be honest about it. We have to be honest about, hey, we were not indentured servants. We didn't sign contracts that said, hey, come over here, work for five years, and then you'll have your freedom and your passage. That was not us. We were forcibly taken. We were kidnapped. We were stolen. I don't even like to say stolen because stealing is what you do to property. We were not property. We're humans. So we were kidnapped and taken across the borders, across oceans, to a new place to be handled as property. You need to see it to understand it because it's so barbaric. Your brain doesn't have a way of processing that right now, right here. We don't have... You know, sometimes if you ask somebody to describe it, you know, oh, wow, this is some great coffee. Really? Tell me about it. What does it taste like? You would have to have a frame of reference of taste in possibly different coffees in order to properly do that, right? So it is impossible to describe to someone what slavery was, truly, the barbaric aspect, you know, um, there are people that were that believe that we should be over slavery. We should be finished with that. Get over that. Um, I would love for you to watch this movie. I would love for you, you know, to take a couple of faces and places and, and imagine your kinfolk in them. Imagine your family having to go through this. Imagine... The, the negativity and the, the constant harassment, and I imagine all of that, and then you can get back with me and let me know if you want that forgotten, if you want that forgiven. I don't necessarily. What I, but what I do know, no questions asked, what I do know is that we have to make sure that that does not happen again. So for all my people all my back to Africa people, that's super, that's super fantastic. If you have the money, the funds, the resources, if you have the desire to go back to Africa, please. I don't want to hinder anyone from achieving the fullness that they desire. But I can tell you this, I'm not going anywhere because I don't have to, and my ancestors have already paved the way for me to get there and to be here. I have keys to this place, so I, I'm, I'm, I feel you know. I try not to be too too. Try not to be too too, but I, you know, I, I want to go and I have to tell my child. You know, I know that this is an American writer, but this is an African American writer. He's part of your piece of pie. When they divide America up into thousand and one pieces, I want him to know that. This man belongs to his piece so that he gets that credit, benefit, understanding. And so um, 
and he can begin to understand the level of excellence that he is capable of doing because if he can do this, if Alex Haley can do this in uh, in 1967, then imagine what can be done in 2021. So I, I just want to leave everyone with that. You know, again, it, this was uh, when I was thinking about who I was going to be speaking about. Um, and this name came up. I knew that this was going to be one of those um, easy ones for me. Uh but difficult to talk about just because part of our history is difficult. And as I'm going, you know, as I'm doing my sign out, I'll, I I remember um, my oldest son, Solomon, who is a general member of the People's Black Panther Party, um, saying that even though part of our history, painful, is also part beautiful, you know, look past, the immediate pain, feelings, thoughts, look past that and find the victory. And so out of this young person's mouth, you know, I'm going to follow that advice and really say, okay, wow, after, you know, after the pain, after all of that, the beauty is incredible. I know um, Spike Lee, who I'm not a fan of, you know, some of his work is good, the work he did on the Five Bloods was amazing. And the movie was about the Vietnam War, which I greatly opposed, even though I I, I think I was just born maybe. But um my mother was all at the protest. I was I was protesting um in the womb because that's where she was and that's what she was doing and that's what she was speaking about. But Spike Lee did an incredible movie and um and it was graphic, it was gory, it was bloody. But in the middle of that, we got to see some of the beautiful landscape in uh, Vietnam. And so um, that's what he's speaking about. Look past the pain. You got to go through it. Don't be afraid of it. You know, your heart starts to hurt. Okay, that means you're alive. That means you're human. That means you don't like these conditions. Keep going. Begin to understand what they were willing to do to keep up family. Begin to understand what they were willing to do to survive. Understand their victories. And then imagine bringing all of that to the masses in this miniseries, in the books, in the speaking. And then you'll understand why Alice Haley is important in my life. And then you'll understand why this story in particular, this story first, the Malcolm X autobiography second, why these two stories were the stories that, one, shaped my life, and then, two, I have in the process of shaking my child's life, both of them in different ways. So I want to um, thank everybody for tuning in, for listening Please don't forget to check out the other Did You Knows. Um, you can find them posted on the uh, People's Black Panther website uh, on the Facebook page. And um, check out many more. Every Sunday we do a radio program, whether it's myself, um, Chief of Staff War, or Chairman Yanga, at 8 o'clock Eastern, and you'll be able to hear um, the different just 
different aspects of the African-American experience right now. So Roots was Roots documented a time period. We're trying to document right now. You know, the Sunday programs are about us sharing some of the challenges, even the good parts. We got some good parts. Don't think we're living all in the jungle, okay? There are some very good, beautiful, wonderful parts, achievements, um, all of that. But there are also some challenges. And so 100% we're documenting that. We're doing our job. Um, But I'm also trying to make sure that we are encouraging our next next Alex Haley and that also we are – we are getting the document documentation so that we can have it so they can't whitewash it. Stop them from telling our stories. We have to be open, willing, and ready to tell our stories, to live our stories, to feel our stories, okay? I want to thank everybody for their time. Please make sure to check out the Sunday programs, and we do this every Thursday at 8 o'clock, Okay. All powers to the people.